0: This is the Business Tech Playbook, your source for IT help for your business. Welcome to the podcast, guys. BJ, I need a tan.
1: Well, come on out to Southern California and you can work in my backyard for a couple of days. I'm sure it would help out quite a bit.
0: I'm in Minnesota, Northern Minnesota at that, and I got to say, you and I are very different shades. Like, we would go to a Sherwin-Williams, we would be an entirely different shelf than you, for Sure while you're uh, laughing i'm your host rob zolson
1: well i mean if you if you go out of your uh, front door and trip you're in canada true uh, i on the other hand if i go out my door and trip i'm in mexico so uh, we're very opposite sides of the country uh geographically for sure
0: and that gentleman that's just speaking right now is uh bj pote of etop technologies thank you friend
1: yeah, yeah for sure for sorry sure.
0: we got each other today so uh what, what are we what are we uh, talking about on this fine podcast
1: well, honestly, just working in our uh, the farm in the backyard. So we're gonna dive into how to get a tan. Uh, I'm joking. Realistically, we're gonna dive into remote work, how it's changed, kind of why it's started, and what is driving some of the importances of it. And why and I gonna dive in. don't have to come hmm? to California that often.
0: I can just. And why you don't have to come
1: to California that often? I exactly.
0: Can, I can be here without a tan and not get made fun of.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, if you came to California, you'd have a tan in about a, a week. I know I'm going to go into some of the benefits of why we've done remote work and full-time remote because it's allowed us to hire people where the amazing people are and not rec- not have to go hunting for somebody that's within 20 miles of our office. Well,
0: why don't you so. start? Tell us why uh, tell us what you did before and why you chose work from home because your business, a small business, just like we always pick on Brian,
1: but you said we're gonna do Bethany, is that what it is, Brittany? Uh, Today it's Brianna, the CFO, so we have to go back and forth. We have to to be uh, fair in our uh, naming conventions.
0: Yeah, you the listener are represented by Brianna, the CFO, the person that's managing a business or owns a small business, and we're here to cater to you as as the audience, but again, BJ, you own a small business, and you were in office and changed to have work-at-home policies. How did that go? Why did you make the decision, and how's it going?
1: Pre-COVID, we had one person that was full-time work from home because he was in Northern California, and we are in Southern California. So similar reasons to why some at different points half of our, over half our team is fully remote. But then obviously COVID happened, and all of our full-time in-house people went full-time remote over you know one day to the next. And then from that point forward, as I'm sure most of our listeners probably will have experienced at some level, you, know, you had to figure out how to go work work from home, develop policies for it, and then now you have people that are working from home that don't want to come back to the office because they're able to gain back two hours of their day because of not having to drive. They don't want to deal with the maintenance on their vehicles. There's a lot of reason that people want work from home. And so now you have to adapt and mature your policies and your processes so that way you can continue attracting really amazing talent. And I know that's what we've done. We had people go full work from home and we had to develop policies. We didn't have a whole lot Around it now, we've made good policies. Our last three hires have been out of state, even though one of them ha- did move from Phoenix to Redlands. Or one of our team members moved from uh, yeah Phoenix to Redlands. But also, it's like Robbie, you're in Minnesota, and we have one of our team members in Texas. Hire the best people wherever they're at. So they've done a bunch of
0: different surveys when we had to go from. Covid nineteen uh, that hit the world to having to push everybody work from home. Once people got established, adapted, and they got their processes done, you know, people see a increase on average, depending on the job, of course, because every job's unique, of 13% work from home productivity. On how they can measure it in any type of uh, KPI, we we don't like acronym soup. Help me, knowledge point indicator is that
1: key key performance indicator. Key
0: performance indicator. <laughs> see it. Wow. See, I'm even terrible with soup. It's the uh, point of
1: measurement for, well, for those it, listening. Soup is at okay home. if you at least Know what it means. Right. Uh, so you shoot. you
0: put out an application. <laughs> you found this guy in Minnesota, and I, you know I, I can't ask for a review here, but I, I know for me it's been going well. I have gone from working in an MSP field where everything's in person. I have to drive to the customers' locations. I go into the office, and I I changed from not leaving my office at home and supporting ETOPS customers for me as a change. It's been uh, quite different, and I noticed that uh, moving from one company to other, not only is in my opinion, E-Top a, a bit better than my last company, thank goodness. But my productivity, like that. my productivity, <laughs> I have, uh, I'm not changing directions continually i'm not having to address someone at the front door i'm not having to juggle other distractions i am focused on the tasks in front of me and even if i was just a switch in my prior uh, job i think i would have gotten a big efficiency out of working from home
1: the problem that i think we faced is that when covid 19 hit in you know march of 2020 people had to go home because of mandates people had to go home because of these massive challenges and it was productivity be darned right it literally was we're not allowed to have people in our office as an example one of our clients a tile distributor we had been doing a business continuity and disaster plan for them and had been working through rebuilding their network so that way they could go fully remote right you know and we were thinking what happens if their building's gone nobody ever thought about the building being there and nobody being allowed in it we had a pretty fleshed out business continuity disaster recovery plan for them before COVID hit. And then we just ran their DR plan and pushed everyone remote, even though the building was fully functioning in there in, in the last three years. DR is just disaster over-
0: recovery for those. That are Sorry. Listening. Thank you. I You're welcome. It. We're, we're going to help each other. Yeah
1: in the last 3 years we've had to mature you know 3 years ago it was we had to go work from home to keep people safe we're kind of over that part now you're having to mature your your KPIs so those key performance indicators you're having to mature your tracking so that way you can actually tell if people are are doing their job. But to kind of your point, I had one of our other clients, they were tracking what people were doing and they were able to show across the board, their business was up 20% for the years that they were fully work from home because they were tracking good numbers. And so if you, if you have good tracking and you have mature metrics, you can show it, you can, you can easily track how people are doing. And I think that's pretty important for a work from home where it's more about results than it is about just having, you know, I like being able to throw a sock at somebody or a book or something.
0: Yeah. So now that COVID's <clears throat> not really mandated, I don't know of anywhere else any anymore. I think it's we can finally say once Pizza Hut buffet opened, we knew that the whole COVID mandates were over. If I can get all you can eat breadsticks at Pizza Hut, that's that's for sure the stamp in the coffin on this whole thing. Is COVID the uh, infection Pizza still Hut exists? Buffet. Sure. Absolutely. In the Midwest, we got ourselves some delicious Pizza Hut buffets, and that is how we went and celebrated that COVID was, you know, at least the mandates were technically over. So now that this has happened and you have all these working Sorry, home- I'm
1: still stuck on the buffet. I I, I didn't know this was a thing.
0: <laughs> you, you come up and <laughs> visit me, my friend. So now that COVID <laughs> mandates are over specifically, should you continue working from home or in a business where you didn't have to do uh, abide by those specific mandates? Should you do work from home still? Yes, there's performance increases. Yes, there's employees that are definitely happier having less commute. Instead of driving on the 405, you get to uh, you know walk down the hall. So that's definitely a benefit for for that but specifically the business you don't have the cost of you know having them in a building anymore you can downsize you can virtualize there's so many different options even a a tech company like google that has been adamant that they were going to bring people back to work finally has given up because they put in hard mandates they lost employees and when they did bring them back to the office they saw the downcrease in performance so if you found that your business can fit this work from home options, this is the podcast episode for you.
1: I think we're at the point where it's understanding what works for your business and what works for employees. And what works for one employee may not work for another. And I think some roles probably work better in an office space because it's easier to train and kind of see what's going on. I don't know if I would hire a tier one fully remote personally, not because I don't trust people, but because it's easier to kind of overhear and go, hey, no, that's no, we're going to do it this way. It's easier to coach. It's a lot... You don't have to be as intentional. Do I think it can work? Yeah, absolutely. I think it can. But I certainly think there are some roles that still require some physical presence, but then it's, you know, maybe they get a a hybrid, you know, flex type role. What works best for your business? Right. Like it doesn't have to be a one size fits all.
0: So now that Brianna's listening in, the, you know metaphorical CFO, and she's decided, hey, I really want to do some more work at home. Maybe it's just for the sole reason of a hiring option. You have a bigger pool of people to access, and you want to start, at least put your toes in getting into work-from-home program. Here's the nerd uh, knowledge that you need to get started. So, we got to talk about the options of how you're going to do work from home. So, I'm going to list uh, list a handful of options here. Option one, you send home uh, a user. Maybe you just pick one user to test, and that's what we'll do for these these options. And you take that user and say, hey, next week, We're going to try a work from home program and here's how we're going to do it. So option A, you send them home with a small, we call it like a Soho small firewall device. What that device is going to do is going to give you a secure connection uh, when they plug in this firewall to their internet. It's going to give them a secure connection, a tunnel. From that firewall back to the main office or wherever your um, servers are Do at, they have a
1: computer uh,
0: getting or is it there. Just a this is this is still okay, part of step me. one. So start with the firewall. So they'll hand you a router-looking device, and that will give a virtual tunnel from uh, I'll just say the guide Minnesota me back to Southern California, with that whole traffic being encrypted and no one else can see it. So that device allows me to connect as though I was in the office and have a nice stable connection. Then behind it, of course, you'd send him with a laptop, maybe a couple monitors, give him his peripherals, like mouse, keyboard, webcam. Webcams super important in all of these deployments. I would not do a work-from-home deployment without a webcam. See how it goes. See what issues you're going to walk into. That being step A. Now, step B, you could do that instead of having the firewall device, which isn't at an expense. You can do VPN, virtual private network it's a software that does the same thing that that firewall did it again makes a tunnel from that computer back to the office all encrypted as though they were connected in so they can get to their local files access anything at the office going into more detail There's this new thing that we could do is also called a Zero Trust client. Can you explain more in detail, BJ?
1: Sure. So Zero Trust is kind of like cloud right now, where it's very buzzwordy and probably overused by a lot of people. But the, the way we're effectively using Zero Trust is, for us, we're using a company called Cloudflare, and we're using their Zero Trust warp client. I know that that doesn't necessarily make that easier to understand. Effectively, instead of us routing traffic from Minnesota to Southern California, we're routing traffic from your local office or your house in Minnesota to cloudflare and then cloudflare scans all the inf- scans all your data all your traffic to make sure it's solid and if it's just general internet traffic and you're getting out to all of our tools that don't need zero trust great it just sends you out to the internet but it also makes sure that it's, you know, scanning and filtering and it's doing real security work on all of that traffic. But then if it's something that's interesting, so you need access to Hudu and it happens to be behind Zero Trust or Grafana, which is one of our uh, dashboarding programs, it'll route you straight to the over Zero Trust to the right place. And so nobody from the outside can get to grafana.etop.tech, which happens to be a legit URL or website. Unless you are behind our zero trust. So um, let's
0: put this into in more practical terms. A VPN allows you to have a connection direct from your computer to the office. Good or bad, right. all traffic is open to the office. Your computer, whatever it may be on, if you're just browsing something on YouTube all the way to doing actual business applications, all come through that same pipe. If you have a zero trust network, it's like a man in the middle is coordinating and only allowing, like a bouncer to a a club, only allowing certain traffic to go through. So if you're doing something that isn't business approved, it's not necessarily harmful, it just isn't utilizing something back at the office. So if you are looking up a Google result, that guy say hey this doesn't need to go back to redlands california this can go out to the web versus another request that says like you, you mentioned hoodoo let's say some internal compliance like quickbooks mm-hmm. that is at the local offices yep that one goes down here and only allows what it wants instead of everything
1: well and so the other part about zero trust is it assumes breach So it assumes every single device on your network is compromised. And because of that, it's routing all the traffic and scanning all the traffic through the Cloudflare servers. And so the more you can kind of work through assuming that everything's compromised, you're going to be a lot less likely to deal with a lateral spread of a, th- a threat actor.
0: We just got a message in the chat, split tunneling is a, is a good term to use.
1: Correct. So typically you'll see split tunneling on VPNs, but not on not on a Cloudflare Zero Trust kind of thing. You can tell it to not scan certain types of traffic. So in many cases we don't scan like Teams or uh, Zoom video traffic because it can break stuff. But traffic in our world is called interesting and non-interesting. So interest traffic is something that's going I know right Welcome I love the IT. term it's,
0: interesting it's like you you have the man in the middle is like some kid with ADD nah that's boring off the internet That's Ooh, boring. that one yeah, interests right, me yeah, I'll take that back to the that. office yeah
1: <laughs> I love that Yeah, so yeah, interesting traffic is just, is traffic that needs to go through a specific tunnel or method, such as Zero Trust.
0: So again, method, uh, option A, firewall device, like a small firewall, we call them Soho devices. Uh, Option B, having some sort of VPN or Zero Trust client that still puts a tunnel from that computer to the office. Or... C, just having a remote desktop where the computer that you give them wouldn't have any access to the office, but it would have some sort of tool like Screen Connect or even a Windows remote desktop that would remote into another device, such as an actual computer in the office or something on the server.
1: We've done this in... Two different general methods for users at home that only have personal equipment. They generally are always going to have a computer at the office, and we set them up with Screen Connect through our system. That could be Team Viewer. This could be. Please don't use Team Viewer. Uh, it could be Screen Connect. It could be. There, the splash top, there's a bunch of different remote access tools a lot of people use even go to my pc that kind of thing or another decent method Please never use remote desktop, but you can use a remote gateway It's one of the server plugins. It allows you to have an ssl encrypted So ssl is secure socket layer It's what the banks use to protect traffic between websites and your computer But this way it's you're having sending encrypted traffic to that local computer and it still uses the remote desktop client But using standard remote desktop is the one of the most insecure protocols in the world so please don't do that without a lot of please just don't do it
0: just just don't do it there, there, there's there's really not a lot of good exceptions it's just not a good uh, good thing to do there are, now there
1: are no good exceptions in my mind
0: right a firewall. B, VPN or zero trust client, that gives you a tunnel to the office C, some sort of remote desktop screen connect is one of the many options uh, we use screen connect and D, that we don't recommend in any shape way or form but we still should mention it is bring your own device now bring your own device j- just like it says is the employee would use his own computer something that the company doesn't own, something the company doesn't manage and you want to do one of the you know A through C options. Using a personal device is beyond my comprehension for reasons being that let's say that i own a business uh i'm in charge of apple incorporated
1: and i have not not the apple well apple job robbie
0: incorporated
1: oh okay apple yeah. Incorporated. i was gonna say if you work for apple can i have a job
0: yeah i gotta make uh, up a different fruit pear incorporated damn it all right there we go so now uh, i'm
1: okay.
0: i'm the owner of pear incorporated i have a couple employees and one of them wants to use his own laptop i would not do that for that heartbeat it's your data your intellectual property that's on someone else's device isn't reason one Anytime that that data lives on someone else, that data technically isn't yours. It's his. If he's severed from the company, it's his. Someone else goes on the computer, maliciously uses it, and steals your company data, It's it's gone. Just for intellectual property reasons is reason one. Reason two is security. If he buys a computer, on his own from Walmart, it is not secured. It is putting something rogue on your network that could potentially infect the rest of the office. I'll let you go more in detail. I can already see your face building here, BJ.
1: So I will say there are very few, in my opinion, good good times for B Y O D. So the this is a big part of why we did Screen Connect because it's the home users connecting to a central place and then literally just getting kind of an interface to their work computer. There's no all the data stays inside your network. There needs to be nothing installed on the Home user's computer because it really limits your exposure. And like, as an IT company, I don't want to touch the home user's computer because it's it's a big risk to us. Because if we touch it and then something stops working, technically we need to put it back to right.
0: Yeah. Now you gotta.
1: I'm not interested in doing that. You got to put in the the
0: money, the effort to repair the machine that wasn't yours. You didn't make the business decision. It's probably a lot sl- a slower. Who knows? Even if it's someone brings a right. big gaming machine, that's a liability even worse because now you're going to have to wor- deal with all of these not business parts. Liability, people. Liability underlined.
1: So the only time that that's pretty much the only use case in my mind for BYOD. The other well, besides personal like phones, like if people use their phone like cell phone for office. Basic Office applications. Honestly, I'm pretty okay with that because as long as you force them to use like Outlook, Microsoft Outlook, and the Microsoft tools, you can set up a lot of rules around that so they can't even take screenshots or download those applications to their phone. And so you're doing like mobile application management. And so in my mind, that's a pretty low risk if set up properly method for people to do BYOD. And, and so as long as that device is like a mobile device and not a, you know, a Walmart laptop or their personal computer, that's kind of where I personally draw the lines.
0: And even if you have an employee that uses their own phone, most of the companies that we deal with is you can use your phone but it's at your own discretion. You have to use the Outlook app, you have to use the Teams app, which we already mm-hmm. told you why it's secure, but it's at your discretion. You are not required to use your phone and if you want to that's your prerogative if you are we're asking you to most states or at least a good amount of states have different laws stating that you have to do cell phone Mm -hmm. reimbursement or you have to outright give them a company phone so check your local laws and listings on how that works but just to cover cover yourself you know mandated you have to have it on the computer if you want email on your phone here's how to do it, but it's your prerogative is a great way of handling oh, exactly.
1: it. Exactly. And so like in our case, we we give stipends for people that we require to use their phones because we do require for multi-factor that people have apps on their phones. It's just for us as a managed service provider, being in technology, we can't really not do it. There's some companies that can. Uh, one of our big manufacturing clients, they, they do YubiKeys, so just like those multi-factor tokens, rather than having people have phones. And certainly like check management. episode
0: one to dive in yep. more detail on this multi-factor authentication and why it matters. That's our first core episode for this.
1: Uh, great episode.
0: So those are the four methods. Definitely don't use the devices. Uh, just a little more deep dive into hardware. So we talked about the use of a computer. Always a laptop. Laptop, that way you don't have to have a battery backup. So let's say, me in Minnesota, my power goes out. Well, normally in a business office. You'd have an uninterruptible power supply, a battery backup underneath the desk. That's another expense, and they're quite heavy, and maybe you don't want them installing it. Having a laptop helps that if they have a brownout or their power goes out in a, in a quick blip, that their computer actually doesn't shut down. So that's, that's practicality number one, and two, they're mobile. There might be once a year, a couple times a year, or maybe this person is an intermediate travel person that you want them to go sell something, or like me and IT tech, there might be a day where, hey, Everybody's on vacation, I need you to fly to so-and-so to go take care of this installation. Uh, Just in case their role changes, you don't want to get different hardware for the occasion, just get them a laptop. Don't
1: get them a desktop. There are certain areas you want to save money, yeah. and when it comes to the right equipment for your employees, that's not the place to save money, in my opinion. Buy people good monitors because that's what you're staring at. Buy people a good laptop. Spend spending a few extra dollars there is far less expensive than wasting their time waiting for stuff to work. If you spend a thousand, if you spend an extra thousand or fifteen hundred dollars on a person's home equipment versus the amount of t- the amount the amount of money that most people get paid on a yearly basis between benefits and the fully loaded like labor cost. $1,500 is a pretty small drop in the overall bucket.
0: Indeed. So always start with a laptop and then docking station. That way, when they do uh, move, or if they ever move, it's still easier to connect all these peripherals or added peripherals to a docking station. Using a USB hub, Dell makes them, Anchor makes a bunch of products. There's a company I think called Plugged In. They're all options to check out. Having everything plugged into a dock ensures that they can just do that one cord unplugged, even for charging on your laptop. The monitors You said good monitors? You can also uh, see and check your manufacturer Dell offers docks built into the monitor. So all they have is one USB-C cord that goes to the laptop, and boom, your docking station is the monitor. So you just plug your mouse, your keyboard, your webcam, all of that into the monitor as the hub. Super, super slick. That's actually what you guys
1: set me up with. Isn't it awesome? It they is they nice. even have network. They actually even have network ports built in. So the Dell hub monitors, they literally, as you said, have all of those bits and network. So it's, you walk in, it's one USB-C cable. It's just so clean. And Dell, the nicer Dell monitors have really good ergonomics. So they have like the nice stands. They can go up and down. You can tilt it. There's just, it's small, small things that give a lot of quality of life, in my personal opinion. Again, spend a little bit more. Those aren't the areas you want to save money.
0: Now, I'm going to take my, my hat off for, for a moment and and, and not be uh, an employee of ETOP for this next segment. Oh, no. People ask, you know, what should I provide the employee? I'm going to pretend to put myself in Brianna's position for the uh, for the company. They say, should I get them a desk? Should I get them a chair? Should I get them ergonomic pieces? There are things with unions. There are things with local laws. Check those. But trust me when I say this, the employee is going to be happy enough to provide all of that as long as they have a stable, happy work from home environment. There's not many reasons you should provide those, but again, your company policy, your will, your doing, um, as long as you're providing them with the other tools for technology. Uh, Me, I know when I got the offer, yeah, absolutely. I'm buying myself a chair. It's all coming out of my pocket. I'm getting a desk. I'm just happy enough to have a good position and them give me really good hardware so I can be successful in my job.
1: At the end of the day, it goes back to have a conversation with your team. If somebody needs something, help them figure out how to get it. Right For us, it's just try to be generous with people. And it's, I don't know, it's amazing how much that kind of has paid off for us.
0: Now, if you're an employee and you're listening to this and you're trying to uh, convince your boss in doing a work from home program, here's one other added uh, thing that you can consider getting, uh, even for yourself. I actually am upstairs in a what i would believe to be a very bright room but i have a window right next to my office and i am very dark faced in the morning i probably i'm 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 saying you should do this when i don't so forgive me but consider getting a light bar or a light ring if you're having morning meetings if you're talking to people and they just see kind of this dark hazy office room you're losing that personal touch for someone seeing you through the camera that you just take for granted Get, get a light bar have someone uh, have someone be able to see you. That window will cut it off and make it look very dark in your
1: office. So for us, what, one of the things that's helped with our work from home is just being cameras on all the time because it very much helps the personality or like the, it helps people kind of mesh better when it's just all cameras off all the time. I feel like it's easier for people to kind of blend in and not feel as important. I, I want to know what people, yeah, I want to be able to see what people are thinking and kind of what's going on in their brains, that kind of thing.
0: It's only fair that if you're going to spend more time because you work a 40 hour week, you're going to work full time. It's only fair that if you spend more time with these people than you do your family, that you should be able to see them and communicate properly. Exactly. That's a measurement of professionalism in my opinion. The last The last thing that we have on the list for how to accomplish work from home is this cool hybrid idea. You want to go into more detail, BJ?
1: For example, we have one client is 100% work from home, other than probably half a dozen people that work in a very small admin office. But then we have several other clients who are doing like two in the office, three work from home, or three in the office, two work from home, that kind of thing. Because you know we're being in Southern California, they may only be 20 miles away, but it could be 30, 40, 50 minute drive each way. They are moving everyone slowly to laptops. They're moving to docking stations in the office. Something that I think is really a nice way of doing things is you can have a number of hot desks. So if you have good monitors, keyboards, mice with a dock at the office, but it's kind of nobody's specific home. I could take my laptop to any of your any of those locations, plug in and work. And so it allows me to even personally have some hybrid approaches at clients' offices because they've set these kinds of stations up. Hot desk is a great yeah, term. Yeah, it's it's a hot desking is becoming a, a little bit bigger of a thing where it literally is just you can go grab a desk anywhere that has a setup that nobody's using and just plug in and sit down and work for a couple of hours. Like this morning I spent three hours at a client's office helping them rebuild something, but I was a, just about as productive there as I was here because I have all my things with me and all I need is internet. Right. One of the examples
0: that I've had in the past is I had an accountant office that I was working with. The accountant office could technically 100% work from home. There's no reason they need to be in an office. So what they did is they downgraded the office. They still wanted to have a single place of business where people could show up in person, have a meeting, drop off their documents, pay a bill, whatever it is. But they didn't have to have the big building with a bunch of cubicles. They didn't have to have that big space in town. They just had to have a small space with one conference room and a front desk. So this company was somewhere around a 45 user company. They all went work from home. The only people left in the office was one office person. That there was a hot uh, a hot desk. What did you call that? Hot desk?
1: Hot desk. Yeah. Be careful what you say here.
0: Yeah, I gotta be careful what I say. One hot desk that was in an office. The front desk, which was a hot desk. You know, to still have that docking station and then a conference room. So what they did is they had three employees rotate their days where they had mm. uh, each person in a row would Monday, Sarah, Tuesday, um, Brianna, uh, Wednesday, Connie, and they would continue just doing a rotate day by day. They would all take a uh, take a shot because Again, they had to drive the 50 miles to get to, a couple of them had to drive 50 miles to get there. And it was a hybrid solution. And that's how they could completely change their business to move it. It's, it's trying oh. to
1: adapt to what you need. Well, and so that was our current biggest client is about a 55 person law firm. And they did almost that exact same thing. So they had 20,000 square foot of class A office space here in our town of Redlands. So they had a 16,000 square foot main building and a 4,000 foot accounting building that were joined together. And then 2020 happened, and the owner was like, everyone's working from home. Do I need all this space? It's still working. This is amazing. I love this. So we did a huge project, migrated them over to, it seems like the cloud because they literally have people everywhere. They have people all over California. They have several people outside the state. This is why when people say, I want to go to the cloud, why do you want to go to the cloud? Well, because I want to be able to access it anywhere. Well, there's more than one way to set things up to access anywhere. They then moved from 20 something thousand square foot down to a 2000 square foot admin office. And they have a Like conference center, like two accounting people work from the office and like two front desk people for mail and printing, that kind of stuff. Outside of that, nobody's there. That place is a ghost town. I haven't done an in person meeting with them in probably two years. I probably won't. You probably won't. Yeah, I probably won't do another one with them. Not because I wouldn't like to, but because I just don't need to. And, you know, their owner moved out of Redlands and went somewhere else because it was more convenient and it, it was matched his lifestyle or his family's lifestyle. So, you know, they're hybrid.
0: So, the most common,
1: to continue
0: on, the most common issues that we have people talk about is well, how can I make phone calls and how do I change my communication, if I needed something, I could just walk down the hall and get Steve from accounting to to take care of it for me well number one calling you can take your phone home phones don't have to be uh the legacy connections they have you can have a uh voip voice over internet uh provided phone they take that physical phone you plug it in your internet at home and boom it's connected most people don't even do that anymore they have soft clients did we
1: ship you home with a phone
0: you did not Is there a
1: phone on your desk i didn't think so no most people don't they have soft clients
0: you could download a little app and you have a telephone on your computer but most of the time now people are even integrating it with Teams. Microsoft Teams has a phone dialer in it and that's what I use every day. It allows me to handle long distance, people can call my extension, we can transfer it back and forth between each other without having to be in the office, and I can use any headset that's comfortable for me. Whether it's wireless or I want to have some big cups to look like a DJ, whatever's comfortable for that user, because you're not going to see me, I'm not pretty, right? That's why I'm a work from home user, BJ to have me turn my camera on once and I go back in the dark corner.
1: You're dying. Yeah. I, I, as the owner of the company, I can't respond to that. Because, hey, uh, you're
0: pretty, Rob. <laughs> this becomes an HR Don't issue say pretty that.
1: quick. Uh, she- uh, oh, I'm staying out of this.
0: But no, calling is uh, v- very handy, very easy. As long wherever you can open up a computer and plug in your headset, you have a telephone. It's it's that simple. And if you do want it, uh, even more, they have mobile apps, so you can put it on mm-hmm. someone's phone and take it take calls directly on your cell phone if you're driving. And that's just routed to your cell phone that you would have uh, on your own. But again, those are if you're going to use a mobile device, that's more of the policies of do we pay for the phone? And we talked about that earlier, so I won't rehash.
1: But well, and that's that's why we did Teams calling because it allows us to do all of our inter intercompany communications and all of our client communications from effectively one app, correct? Right. And so like if somebody gets an email, if somebody internally gets an email from me, that's more than like a forward FYI or Mm -hmm. being included in a client communication, somebody's probably in trouble. Like I don't email our team directly, hardly ever. So for us, it's Teams is our communication method for, you know, I don't text people, I don't email people, like I'm Teamsing people or calling people on Teams. Right. Because it keeps all of my streams of consciousness in kind of one place.
0: So the intercompany communication, people said, why can't I go walk down and interrupt Steve? Well, that's kind of where you're getting some efficiencies. If Steve's working and he's not interrupted by your request because it's Let's get, let's get this straight. It's probably lower priority than what Steve's already working on. So he's not immediately interrupted because you barge in his office. So that's probably where this efficiency is coming from. Let's, let's be real. But let's say you still had to get a hold of him. You use that communications app. We talked about Microsoft Teams. That's part of the Windows software suite, the 365 suite, that comes as part of your email package. Google has their own. They have their own uh, messaging client built right in if you want to go through Google Workspace. Otherwise, there are third-party ones that are accepted for business. Slack? You probably heard about it. That's a big uh, business one that you can use for inter communication. It's uh, business controlled and business graded. You can use some more free-form ones. I know some people have done Discord. Discord has controls. It wasn't intended for business, but they have multi-factor authentication, security, all the goodies to do business if you wanted. Uh, there's plenty of them out there, but the point of it is, when you choose one, you can't use others. Everybody has to be on the same team. And though that wasn't a, mm-hmm. a plug for teams. But if you're going to sure use is. one... We should
1: use teams. Yeah, if you're <laughs> going to
0: use one, don't use others. Everybody has to be in the same spot and you have to be responsive. If someone messaging you, finish your task and respond to it as though it was a text message is how I used to train people in. If you get a text message from someone, how urgent is it? Well, I'm going to finish what I'm doing and then respond when it's convenient for me. If someone needs me more urgent than me messaging them in teams, they can call me. That's how I deal with it. That way we're not walking into Steve's office and Steve understands that if he gets a phone call, it's probably urgent and he should pick it up. That should be established in how you escalate urgency in this communication process. And then when you do, use cameras. If you're gonna make a phone call, say hi, do a wave. Even if you're not that uh, outgoing person and you're a complete introvert, it really does help build that relationship. I know it sounds stupid, but again, you're spending more time with these people than your own family. At least be professional and throw up a camera.
1: Yeah, camaraderie is important. That teamwork is important. I absolutely agree there. Something you said that I thought was interesting was having a policy around it, and I do agree. That, like that's something we've worked on quite a bit. Even just like the calling and the communication, it's what we, we're we're starting to have policies for everything. Go figure. And maybe it's less policy and more process. Whether it's for work from home or the communication around working from home, a lot of that has to do with like what I said at the beginning, where working working from home is having to mature and you're having to more fully build out. How do you measure results? How do you measure what people are doing do do you have good policies around it are people following the policies are you inspecting what you expect the reason why you should have a policy is
0: to establish the rules they've never worked from home or possibly have never worked from home and there's a lot of things that other companies may not be as mature as you and stating it out doesn't give any gap of what you believe is common sense so paint it out even though it sounds dumb painting it out, it really does help. Some things, and we can make a document and publish this in our show notes of some, uh, not a template, but some things that you can consider putting in your own policies. I'll go through the list here. We're we're using some of ours, is treat that office in your house as though it's not part of your own house. When you walk into that office, you just walked into your business. In my situation, Mm -hmm. I just walked into eTop Technologies, I sat down with my cup of coffee, and I am not in my house anymore. I treat it as though I'm virtually in California. California. Be respectful. Come in. Dress. So when you do see someone on camera, you're not looking like your hair's in a mess and you kind of just half showed up or just rolled out of bed, you know, treat it like a, a real company. And to start off with policies... Make sure that you're the only one using that device. The company was nice enough to let you work from home, get you hardware, get you all set up. Make sure that that's only used from work. And in an area where, especially if you're in a a healthcare field or a lawyer field or accountant field where there's private data, personal data that the company owns, no one else sees that. Have it behind a closed door. Keep it away from your family. Not that your family is a sort of risk. It's professionalism and respect to the company that's employing you.
1: Completely. And... I think that's why you see a lot of people kind of scared of work from home because they're they're afraid that it's going to be taken advantage of. Everyone's worried about getting taken advantage of. Employees are worried about getting taken advantage of by their employer. Employers are worried about taking getting worried about getting taken advantage of by their employees. And like let's let's all figure out how to show up and be adults and you know, kind of make it work because. It's here to stay. Let's make it work for everyone.
0: Now, some people are concerned when you send work from home that they're not going to respect the equipment. Keep that stuff in the office. Again, keep it as though that that's a different building in your home and that's now, I'm going to say, I'm going to put it this way because I work for ETOP. It's now ETOP's building. And respect it as such and remember that that is their property in your home. Treat it as such. People think that, oh, I'm going to send them work from home. They're going to be harder on the equipment. Most of the time, it's not the case, but know that you should just respect it as though you were in the office. It's if you have a a mouse getting thrown around, are you really treating that office like you were in the office? So be respectful of your uh, equipment. And one of the underlines that I like here is, I'm going to read it verbatim. Remote work isn't a substitute for dependent care. Core work hours can't be used for this purpose. Immediately, people think, hey, I can work from home. Great. I can be here while my kids are. Yeah, that's that's not work hours that's continually distracted and that's being disrespectful would you bring your kid into the office every day and have to deal with a crying two-year-old in the corner while you're pretending to be a professional in the office no treat it again as the as though you were in the building
1: have daycare i think so much of this goes back to just being treating people like they're human and recognizing that things happen right like it's one thing if you if that happens sometimes it just needs to not be every day so it's you know there's no one path forward on a lot of this stuff and it needs to work be what what works best for the company and what works best for the team member. I guarantee
0: you, the BJ Bastard give and take. That if I was in California and I had an issue where I had to bring my kid in for a little bit once you know in a blue blue moon once a year once every 6 months because a real family emergency happened you'd understand and that would be applicable but i would definitely be respectful enough to set up daycare so i don't do that every day or hardly ever if ever would be the goal if ever
1: and that's it is the goal would be to you know kind of minimize it and treat it you know treat it like you are in the office but yeah and would you want to like kind of work through wrapping up with security you,
0: did you have any others that you uh should b- add to at least a generic recommended policy
1: Honestly, Honestly, let's just post a link to our uh, the what we what we already made the sure. uh, recommended work from home policy. That way, people can have something that they can work through. Please have your notes. legal team check this out. Don't take what we said verbatim. We have everything we do reviewed regardless. I'm not going to trust our words without having it reviewed by a legal team.
0: The policy that we have in the show notes is going to be more of the common sense, not the legalese that you're going to have to have, you know, for HR conversations. Security wrap-up. Again, treating it like the office, having a closed door where people can't see it, and people can't access the device physically. And... Oh, uh, another uh, good tip is if that person is allowed to work elsewhere, for instance, uh, more common sense, and this is part of security that I would consider, I want to go work from Starbucks for the day because I'm going crazy. I tell my boss, hey, is it okay if I I do it and I establish that? Uh, Is that a secure place? Make a judgment call according to uh, what the business requires. If you're a HIPAA certified, it's probably not going to be an option. You can't have someone in the background of a coffee shop see HIPAA protected material on your computer screen. But other jobs, if you're in a sales job and you got permission from your boss, great. I would definitely use some common sense. And anytime that you want to transition away from the one office they've already approved, to always communicate that with your direct manager. To make sure that they know what's going on or have that pre-communicated if that's part of your job. If you're a salesperson that works from home because you're remote and you're traveling, they already know that the information that you're going to be doing is going to be done in a hotel, Starbucks, um, just make sure that they explicitly know that either one, you have permission to do that or you've already communicated it.
1: That's a really good point. And I think it also depends, it very much in my mind depends kind of on the role. So if we're doing development, if we're doing, like I, I couldn't do a podcast at Starbucks. But no. I, I spent three hours of my day yesterday at Starbucks because I really just needed to not be here. Uh, I couldn't work from home. For me, is hard because I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old. So I don't work from home and that's personally why. But I, I had been at the office all week and I was going crazy and I desperately needed to just go somewhere else and sit. So I went and worked at Starbucks for you know two and a half, three hours. But I was working up on my sales pieces. I was working on content. I wasn't doing remote support. So it's it works for me at that point. But if you're dealing with a lot of like customer interactions, it, it just becomes a lot harder.
0: What else so. you got for security? We have all different types of security tips just for business in general, but specifically for those that work at home.
1: Well, specifically when it comes from work from home, this is a big part of why we really recommend people having company equipment, because then they have the full suite of security tools on that endpoint. And that prote- provides a lot of protection. So if you're using a work from home personal computer, I'm not going to install all of our security tools on it because that, again, that I don't want to mess up their home computer. So the biggest piece in my mind of security is making sure they're running the com- company-owned equipment with all of the proper tooling from your company to provide that security.
0: I want to poke one more step at doing an extra layer of multi-factor authentication. Work at home, that's one thing. It's in your office. Um, your house is locked when you're gone. It's a, a liability that that piece of equipment's already not in the company office. But if you're a mobile employee, consider having a multi-factor authentication of even a fingerprint scanner. I find that that not only is convenient for a person that has a fingerprint scanner on their laptop or can request an extra one, but that just adds that extra uh, Level of security where even if your kid uh, watches you, because they're smart, you know, my two year old, if I could uh, sit down in front of her with a calculator, I put 154, she'll do it like Simon says. So if they're watching you type in a PIN number, you know, they can't beat your fingerprint scanner just in case for some reason that office door got cracked open, the kid wa- walks in there and then types in your password that they've noticed.
1: So this is one thing that we've been working on internally and we're about to roll out to all of our customers is something called Windows Hello for Business, where it effectively allows us to log into computers with, like you said, the fingerprint scanner. Most of the Dell laptops were I see out there these days, the power button is also a fingerprint scanner. You can then also use the Windows Hello face scanner. When I log into my laptop, I can use the face scanning. And then also one of the main login features we're seeing around passwordless is it throws up that, you know, a number on your screen. You have to enter 90 into your cell phone. And then you have to use Face ID because I use an iPhone. Like I'll log into the Microsoft Authenticator app, type in 90 and it logs in my computer. So your 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 kid would have to have your face, your finger, your phone. W- they would have to have something that's always with you versus having just a strict password. So that's a really good point. I recommend that at the office too.
0: It's nice at the office but it's still less of a concern you know from little wandering eyes that might sneak in your office.
1: Another uh, there's one There's little wandering eyes at most offices, let's be honest.
0: That, yeah, let's be on, let's be honest. Um, uh, one other one that's kind of practical security is people on the phone, they hear stuff in the background and they they can get nervous especially talking to a company that it, you know, deals with sensitive issues or sensitive matters. My own mother is a uh, work at home employee and she receives phone calls that you know in distress uh, different companies even you know some of the more serious medical hotlines and she uh, installed extra padding in her office just to make sure that it's uh, more soundproof not for necessarily what you're saying but be aware of who's uh, who's in your house but more of distractions of if they hear TV in the background from another room if they hear kids running down the hall people understand that you have kids and responsibilities but doing as much as you can to mitigate to keep that call private and personal personal in your office is a level of just practicality but also security for the for the
1: information. Agreed. And it I think it comes down to like what you're handling and kind of what the requirements of employer are
0: now the other benefits is we're done kind of with a little security wrap-up
1: unless you got something else bj I'm, I'm i'm starting to run out of the steam here
0: now that you're you know all alone no one sees you you're working at home yes you can uh, kick your feet up on your own desk if you're not hurting company equipment you can uh, make sure to wear you know shorts since no one's going to see you in your your bottom half you can even get away with having your own uh, nicotine level in your own office if that's something that you prefer but just make sure that none of it is unprofessional but i mean you're at you home you can have your it,
1: pets on your underneath your feet so you have, you have a doggo that you can pet.
0: Enjoy
1: those comforts,
0: you know. Just because you're treating it like an office doesn't mean that uh, if dog slips and no one's gonna see. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> well, and and like somebody said, you you can microwave that fish in the microwave and nobody cares. Oh. Uh, whereas oh. if it's at the office and you microwave fish, everyone's yeah. gonna be like putting up a sign that says "No microwaving fish." So one of the things that I appreciate about work from home so even our people that are local are allowed to work from home most of the time but it was it was one of the best ways we could give hire the best talent wherever they were it's Gives people a really decent-sized raise because the amount of the amount it costs to drive in Southern California is ex, is pretty high, and so it's you know finding finding ways to give benefits to your team that involve them working from a place that they are most comfortable, and that that's been really good for us. BJ, I'm gonna confess to you right
0: now, I have not worn pants since uh, getting hired at Etop. <laughs> I'm wearing shorts. And on that summer and shorts. bombshell
1: summer shorts. <laughs> you, you, see, you
0: never knew. You never knew. <laughs>
1: I think you've told me that before, but I just am at a point of, like, these are things that I don't need to know. (laughs) You're welcome. That's what we're here
0: for. Well, guys, if you uh, like what you hear, certainly subscribe. Check out the show notes if you got questions. We got the email and Discord. We got Discord actually linked at the bottom of the website, businesstechplaybook.com. BJ,
1: got any other notes? If you could uh, like and give us a five-star review, we'd love that. really helps with getting this out there. So if you got value, go ahead and share it with somebody that you know. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. We know your time is valuable.
0: Until next time, maybe I'll put on pants.
1: I doubt it.